1: Now, on 102.9 ESPN
2: Missoula, watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I had an idea for a book. I actually have a lot of ideas for books. I just don't have any time to do those ideas, to write the books. (laughs) Too busy writing your daily sports news in a variety of different ways. Regardless, my idea for a, a short book would be to pick, you know, however many songs, a collection of songs, however many you come up with, whether it's a dozen, couple dozen, whatever, that maybe people don't know what they're really about. That one is definitely one. We won't talk about it. I won't spoil it for you. Maybe maybe you'll buy my book someday. But uh, I don't think Semi-Charmed Kind of Life by Third Eye Blind is, what you, is about what you think it's about. But maybe, maybe you know. Maybe you listen to the lyrics in depth. I don't know. If you, if you know, you know, as the kids would say. Black Balloon by uh, Goo Goo Dolls is another one. Actually, there's a lot of Goo Goo Dolls songs that are maybe about stuff that y- you didn't know. That's my book idea. What are the songs really about? Don't steal it. If you do, at least give me credit. Welcome back. Duanas Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for following along here on your Tuesday. I'm Colter Nuana's. Coming to you from the ESPN MT studio, ESPN Montana, locally owned and operated, part of the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting has been locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. I'm going in the first hour of today's show. We talked some World Cup. We talked some FCS playoffs. We heard from Derek Lear, the head coach of the Fergus County Golden Eagles, the uh, Class A state champions in football, and we also had our Treasure State Stars, highlighting some of the best individual performances from around the state. All that can be found uh, on the Nuanna's Now podcast, probably presented by the M-Store and the uh, MSU Bookstore. Ton of stuff to get to here in uh, hour number two, including some uh, Big Sky Conference basketball, specifically the uh, the Montana School. So we'll just go through who's been doing what so far. We've uh, given you a few tidbits about the Grizz and the Cats, men's and women's hoops teams. But here's how we stand thus far. We'll start with the Grizz men because they play tonight. Uh, our good friend, Riley Corcoran was uh, not here yesterday for the Montana Football Hour because he's on the road with Grizz Hoops. They played in uh, Colorado Springs against Air Force on Sunday. They lost that game 59-56, and they play at Southern Miss tonight. So that game will be uh, 6 p.m. Mountain Time tip from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. So the Grizz, so far, 3-4 and four in the non-conference. They are 3-1 and at home. They beat St. Thomas 78-59 and Merrimack 62-51 during the Zootown Classic. They lost to Troy 73-62 uh, to wrap up the Zootown Classic with a 2-1 record. That was over Thanksgiving weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Travis DeCure always likes to play in at least one non-conference tournament. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, as preparation for the Big Sky Tournament, because that's what it's always going to take three wins in three days to to win the Big Sky Tournament and go dancing. And then the fourth, uh, excuse me, the third uh, Montana victory at home came against Montana State Northern a week ago today, uh, the Northern Lights of the Frontier Conference, and the Grizz won that one 63 51. The uh, other two losses came at Duquesne. The Grizz got routed 91 63, and uh, at Xavier, a uh, perennial Big East power. The Grizz also got routed in that one, 8664. 64 So uh, where are we at with the Grizz? Well, um, I must say having the Zootown Classic here in Missoula on the rivalry game week was uh, less than ideal. <laughs> got some stuff going on that week, so we were not able to monitor that hardly at all. So I will fully admit that I have only watched the Grizz live uh, I think four times in their seven games so far and only about one half of a game during that Zootown Classic, even though they are at home. We will get back in the swing of, of covering them on a more full-time level soon. Um, you know, I mean, when they're back home. They play South Dakota State next Tuesday, so we'll be there for that one for sure. But here's uh, sort of the the docket. Josh Bannon's been great so far. Uh, He's averaging 15 points and 10 rebounds per game. He's also uh, has upped his assist numbers. He's averaging almost five assists per game as well. So he's been been carrying uh, the load so far, and that's to be expected as a preseason All-League guy. Anon Moody, who's a transfer from Southern Utah, he's been sick the last uh, couple games. But he's added a little three-point shooting to the lineup, and he's averaging 12.6 points per game. Deshaun Thomas, who's the transfer from Colorado State, he's averaging 11.1 points per game, but he's only shooting 22% uh, from beyond the three-point line, 5 of 22 from deep so far. So that part uh, hasn't gone great for him. And then Brandon Whitney, who missed a couple games with a foot injury, uh, he's averaging 8.8 points per game. So, uh, so far... Uh, the stories of this team have been struggling, scoring the basketball. Uh, that's a carryover struggle uh, from a year ago. They're only averaging 64 points per game, and uh, they're only shooting 31% from beyond the three-point line and only 41% from the floor. So uh, definitely some stuff to to work on. Their non-conference schedule is challenging, as it always is. Coach Takira always wants to make a challenging Schedule, but uh, not as challenging as years past. They obviously play at Gonzaga on December 20th, which will be a powerhouse game. But a lot of times they're playing two, three, four, five power fives. This one, uh, Xavier is kind of a power five as a Big East squad, but certainly a a reputable game. And Gonzaga, absolutely. Uh, But more mid-major power type games. I mean, South Dakota State coming to Missoula. They're going to Fargo to take on North Dakota State. So we'll see if they can get it going a little bit, uh, but so far it's been pretty uh, just blah, middle of the road for um, University of Montana men's basketball. Now one is now ESPN Radio giving the update on the Montana college basketball teams at the Big Sky Conference level. The Lady Grizz, I was in attendance for their home opener against North Dakota State. They lost that one 65-63. Uh, Gina Markson played great. Sammy Facken scored a bunch, but she uh, actually struggled shooting the ball. And they had a couple looks late to tie it, but they could not get it done. So they lose their home opener. Then they went on the road at Colorado State and got drilled 82 to 58. Came back home, got their first win over Providence. That was a matinee, a Lady Grizz school day that uh, tipped at 11 a.m. So they had a bunch of, of screaming kids there at uh, Dahlberg Arena. And they beat Providence of the Frontier Conference 71 43, as you would expect. Got a good win over North Dakota. 82-77, the former Big Sky Conference member, UND in town. Then over Thanksgiving, Lady Grizz played at the uh, LMU Thanksgiving Classic. And they played against Wichita State and California. They lost to Wichita State 78-69 in overtime. And they lost to Cal 65-44. Uh, so Lady Grizz 2-4 and four overall in the non-conference. And uh, they have a, a really Good non conference here, you know, playing uh, a couple Mountain Wests, couple Power Fives. Uh, they got another Power Five coming up uh, on Friday. They're at Washington State. So that'll be interesting fold with Brian Holsinger, the head coach there for the Lady Grizz. He has coached at Washington State uh, previously and uh, as an assistant. And they also have a couple young ladies with Washington ties and, uh, they even have a Washington state transfer on their roster as well. So that's your next chance to see, uh, the lady Grizz. I think that, uh, the, the men Grizz, the struggle to score the ball as a consistent detriment over the last couple of years is a concern. This lady Grizz team, I think their biggest concern is just figuring out a way to come together. They have a lot of moving parts. Uh, Carmen G Feller has only played one game so far. She's supposed to be one of their best players. And, uh, They have a whole bunch of young gals that are getting a ton of minutes as young players, whether they're true freshmen like Libby Stump and Matt Koning, or uh, redshirt freshmen like Keely Burton-Oliver, who is that transfer from Washington State, or sophomores like Danny Barsh and Haley Heward. Uh, It's a really young team. So I think that uh, the best is yet to come for the – the Lady Grizz. Let's take a look at the, the Bobcats, the uh, defending tournament champions in the Big Sky Conference on both the men's and women's side. The MSU men let one slip away in their opener. They had Grand Canyon, who's the preseason favorites, in the whack on the ropes. They were up by almost 20, but let, let the lead slip away. It was kind of a tail of two halves. They played great in the first half, bad in the second half, and they lose down in Phoenix, 60-54. to 54. They bounce back, and they beat the defending Big West champions of Long Beach State 70-57. to So that's probably your top win so far uh, of the year for uh, Montana State. They went to uh, Eugene to take on Oregon. They got drilled in that one 81-51. They rolled up Warner Pacific because, of course, they did. I don't even know why teams play these games, but I digress. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. But they killed Warner Pacific 106-64, to beat North Dakota 81-71, lost at UNC Greensboro uh, 77-66, lost to Quinnipiac 70-53, and then lost to Middle Tennessee 72-71. So uh, three games in three days over this last weekend. For the Montana State men, and three losses, so the Bobcats three and five, and uh, they certainly need uh, a bounce back. They're at Southern Utah tomorrow, and uh, then they got Saint Thomas coming to Bozeman on December eighth. So see if the uh, the cats can gain subtraction, but it's been uh, tough so far early on for the uh, the MSU men. And then the Bobcat women, they're the only ones of the Montana's four Division I basketball programs that have a winning record. They're 4-3. and The wins, 78-31 over Providence, 69-60 at BYU, which is a hell of a win, Uh, 77-66 over North Dakota, and 74-65 at San Jose State. But the Cats lost two over the weekend down in Denton, Texas at an invitational tournament there. They lost to Abilene Christian 66-61, and they lost to North Texas 66-57. So Montana State 4-3 uh, overall. Their other losses included a home loss 79-64 to Arizona State. Just impressive that they even got Arizona State to Bozeman, uh, but they they fell behind 20 to nothing before trying to fight their way back. But certainly a, a challenging schedule that they've assembled as well. They still play uh, South Dakota state and at Wyoming and St. Mary's and LSU and Nevada to wrap up this non-conference. So, uh, currently these coaches, I think they all put together competitive, uh, good and reputable, uh, non-conference schedules. We'll have more updates and interviews and coverage and analysis and all of that on big sky hoops, both within the state of Montana and around the rest of the league as well. Uh, Ooh, just just in from the University of Montana. Sounds like Malik Flowers will be able to join us for our Grizz Star of the Week. So that's coming up in about 15 minutes or so. But before that, uh, here on Nuanas Now, let's talk a little bit more about the World Cup. It is the biggest sporting event in the world at the current moment, and many would argue the biggest sporting event in the world, period. And uh, the United States, if you hadn't heard, they beat Iran earlier, so they're into the knockout round. Andrew Houghton gave us some feedback on that. Uh, Andrew, you also talked about the uh, the storyline of sort of the, the world powers either being really, really dominant or having uh, head-scratching performances so far. Coming into this, who would you have said is the favorite in this tournament and uh, how is that compared
3: uh, early on here the first week or so of the World Cup? Well, Coulter, I think for this World Cup, things sort of cycled back, and Brazil, which hasn't made a ton of noise at the last couple World Cups, would have been considered the favorite this year. There are, of course, a lot of great teams in this year's tournament, but I think just the attacking depth of Brazil and their uh, talent all throughout the field, if you were looking at rosters before the tournament, a lot of people would have said that the Brazilians were the favorite, uh, and of course... A bunch of other teams in there. France, the defending champions. Argentina was a team that was thought to be in that group this year uh, with them in Lionel Messi's final year at the World Cup. And uh, they've built a very good team around him. So I think those were the three favorites. And then there were a bunch of other traditional soccer powers who I think a lot of people thought had a chance. England, the Netherlands, Spain, and Germany were in the same group. Uh, Portugal, of course, like Lionel Messi, this is probably Cristiano Ronaldo's last try at a World Cup. So I think those were some of the teams that people were looking at coming into this uh, this year's edition of the World Cup. And Coulter, despite the upsets that we've talked about, most of those teams are in good shape, at least for making it uh, into the knockout rounds uh, where anything can happen, of course. Uh, But most of those teams, like I mentioned, Argentina sort of righted the ship after their opening loss to Saudi Arabia. And it looks like they will probably go through now. The one who might not uh, is Germany in that group with Spain. Uh, And after losing to Japan in the first game, the Germans managed only a draw against Spain in the second game. So suddenly they're in a tough spot. But everybody else everybody you would think of looks to be okay to be going through.
2: How big of an upset would that be, or I guess how big of a surprise would that be, if Germany was not in the knockout round?
3: You know, I think that happens to one of those teams every year, right? It, it would be a surprise that it would be the Germans, certainly, um, just because of how consistent they are, uh, the level of talent on that team, something that I talked about my World Cup previews, you know, half the German team plays for Bayern Munich at the club level, right? So these are not players who are really unfamiliar with each other as, you know, the Americans would be or, or the Brazilians would be. I mean, all the best Brazilian players are playing in Europe, but on different club teams, there's a a, a a huge contingent from Bayern Munich in the German team. So you would think that they would have, you know, some familiarity with each other. So maybe in, in that sense, it's a little bit surprising, but that's what happens when you play, you know, three games at the highest level, and even though you're not playing teams as good as as you are, they're playing at their highest fever pitch, right? And that can happen, and it seems like that happens to one of those teams every year. So it's not surprising that one of the pre-tournament favorites uh, is looking to go out, but it maybe is a little bit surprising that it's Germany. What, from a, f- we always talk about, like,
2: the things that it takes to win a championship. Uh, when we're talking about the, the the sports that our Americans are obsessed with, you know, and there's always the cliches, you know, defense of being able to run the football in the cold wins championships in football, or you know, having the superstar that you can go to down the stretch in the fourth quarter that wins championships in basketball. What's the what's the defining factor or factors when it comes to these big international world class tournaments like the World Cup?
3: Yeah, of course, Coulter, The big difference in these international tournaments is that you don't get time to play together throughout the year, right? It's really difficult right. for these coaches to put in uh, intricate tactics and plans, right? It's uh, the game becomes a lot more simple, right? Because you're not you don't get to drill these things every day like you do with your club team. So, in that sense, the game is a lot more. It's often a lot more defensive. Uh, because one of the easiest things to put in at the highest levels of soccer is just, well, we're going to be defensively solid, we're not going to put in anything crazy in terms of our attacking patterns of play, but we're just going to sit back a little bit, we're going to absorb pressure if the other team wants to pressure us, we're going to hit out on the counter, and that's true even for the greatest teams at this level, right? I mean, I mentioned a couple scoring outbursts for France and Spain and Brazil, but Brazil, after winning that first game... Let's see here. Brazil's only won their two games, two to nothing and one to nothing, right? I mean, it's a team you think of having so much attacking, flair, so much going forward. Well, they're going to win because they're not going to give up goals and then they're just going to let their offensive talent overpower you. So in that sense, Coulter, the big things to watch for in these games are can you be defensively solid? Can you not give up any goals? And then going forward, do you have that individual talent? That's a big thing, right? Who can get you... A goal on a great moment of brilliance, and then also, Coulter, set pieces become so huge, right? Free kicks, corner kicks, because that's something where you can put in a play like a traditional basketball play a little bit. More teams are starting to do that. If you get a corner kick, can you be a threat to score off of that? Because it's going to be hard to put together these great attacking moves from from open play, because you don't have time to practice that. You us now, ESPN Radio,
2: Andrew Houghton chiming in here uh, on your Tuesday. Thank you, Andrew. Maybe you're watching SWX. Maybe you're uh, watching on the ESPN MT app, no matter how you're here. Thanks for being here. Uh, we usually only touch on uh, stuff that happens on the off the field, just through the lens of how it's going to affect the stuff on the field. Uh, I do think it's important to uh, have good, solid, accurate reporting about uh, people in positions of of influence and power, uh, particularly if they're public positions that are paid with uh, state taxpayer money. So uh, we're not necessarily ones to to break a lot of news anymore when it comes to uh, arrests and suspensions and, and things like that, but we do like to at least touch on it when it comes to analyzing it through the lens of how it's going to affect the game at large. Yesterday, Montana State head coach Brent Vegan announced that Defensive coordinator, Willie Matt Garza, who's in his first year calling the defense there at MSU, that he would be suspended for this upcoming playoff game. Vegan quoted yesterday during his press conference, We all have a responsibility to each other, to our team, to our university, to our community, to make decisions with all those entities in mind. Coach Garza failed to do so, and because of this, will be serving a one-game suspension this Saturday. Now, breaking news from Parker Cotton of the Bozeman Daily Chronicle. He was able to uh, thumb through the uh, court documents, police report, all that, and uh, said that um, Willie Mack Garza was, in fact, cited for driving under the influence on November 19th. So that's right after the rivalry game. Per the court documents, Garza 53 was pulled over at 10.33 p.m. on uh, November 19th near the intersection of Maine and Rouse in downtown Bozeman. Uh, not only was it Garza's birthday, the article states, according to his driver's license, but the traffic offense occurred hours after MSU's win over rival Montana to end the regular season. In addition to driving under the influence, the documents showed Garza was cited for driving 45 miles per hour in a 25 mile per hour zone and being a Montana resident operating a vehicle with an out-of-state driver's license beyond 60 days of living in the state. Uh, from a football analysis standpoint, Willie Mac will not coach in the game on Saturday. Bobby Daly, the linebackers coach there for the Bobcats, will coach in the game. Uh, he will be the defensive coordinator. Of course, he'll coach in the game. He's always coaching the linebackers, but he'll get his first chance uh, as the DC. So... um, and it'll be interesting to see how this works, because I, I do think that in Willie MacGars' first season there at MSU, there's been some growing pains. Um, and their defense hasn't been as good as it was a year ago. It's been hard to really decipher whether that's because they don't have multiple NFL draft picks or because the scheme is a little different than it was under Freddie Banks or or what the deal is. But the uh, the Cats have been prone to giving up big plays. I don't know how much that changes. I guess we'll find out how much of it was uh, personnel, how much of it was play calling. Uh, if Bobby Daly goes and uh, is just lights out, or maybe uh, in his first time he struggles, I don't know. Coach Daly's always been a personal friend of mine. Something I really enjoy uh, talking ball with. But uh, a good opportunity for him, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what the the fallout from this is. Um, but. You know, Like I said, we usually try to just analyze this stuff through the lens of how it affects you on the football field, but uh, this is certainly not a good look considering Willie Mac Garza uh, had a DUI during his time as a coach at TCU and resigned from the position the following month. He also had a misdemeanor driving under the influence during his time at Wyoming and uh, resigned before those charges were ever uh, actually came to fruition. And uh, this police report, you know, after the Cat Grizz game, driving under the influence... Uh, and it, it went on to say that Garza refused a breathalyzer test, resulting in an automatic suspension of his driver's license. The uh, the officer said they smelled a strong odor uh, coming from the vehicle and uh, that after refusing the preliminary breathalyzer test and blood test, documented that Garza vomited at the hospital and was placed in their care. So I believe that means the hospital's care. So this is all reporting from uh, Parker Cotton of the Bozeman Daily Chronicle. That's all we'll say on the actual incident that occurred. But certainly something to watch for. The defensive coordinator for the Bobcats suspended for their playoff game against Weber State on Saturday. Nuan is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Our Grizz Star of the Week, Malik Flowers, now an NCAA record holder, will join us next. Keep it right here. It's Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. One is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Tommy Evans's favorite song. I haven't seen Tommy yet today, though, so I was hoping he would be in the hallway moving and grooving. So funny because Tommy was, like, born in the late 90s, and uh, he's always playing the, the old-school jams over there on the trail, but don't let him fool you. He's still, he's still a boy genius to me, but he, he's never heard Smash Mouth before. When he did, he was just... He was floored. He was flabbergasted, and I just thought it was so funny. I was hoping I could uh, t- could catch him. We digress. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's time now for our Grizz Star of the Week. Usually we do this on Wednesdays, but we're doing it here on a Tuesday to get ahead of the game because there is a huge matchup on the horizon in Fargo, North Dakota. The Montana Grizzlies coming off of a thrilling 34-24 victory over Southeast Missouri State. They move on to take on the third-seeded Bison, who have won nine out of the last ten fall national championships. They are, as Bobby Hout called them last week and this week, the gold standard in FCS football. Our good start of the week this week, a record setter. A guy who returned a kick for, the, for a touchdown for the seventh time in his career, tying him for the all-time record in both the Big Sky Conference and the football championship subdivision, it's Malik Flowers, a senior wide receiver and kick returner for the Grizz. Malik, my man, how you doing? What's going on? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, first of all... Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Uh, first of all, just tell us about sort of how you're feeling going into this week. I mean, everybody knows the Montana, one of the storied programs in the country, North Dakota State one of the storied programs in the country. So with this matchup uh, on the horizon, how are you guys feeling? How did practice go today? How are you feeling uh, on your way to Fargo? Uh, practice was uh, good
4: today. You know, we got some done. Even though it's a little cold out there, you know, we're still the, managing to get out there, get the looks needed, you know, uh, get the stuff uh, done for this week. But as far as, like, going into this week, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but, you know, we accept that and we love that each and every week. So we're going to prepare just the same, you know, uh, go out there and make sure we execute and you know play our game of football and play it at our level. So you know that's just the plan uh, week in and week out. So we just want to go out there, execute this week, and it uh, starts with uh, practice. And you
2: know it started out there today. So that's what we want to do uh, as a senior, as a guy that uh, is is playing in his last games for the Grizzlies when Southeast mm-hmm. Missouri State's up twenty four to three, what's going through your mind?
4: Ah, a lot of emotions, but, you know, at the same time, you got to you gotta keep that composure because, you know, uh, the guys, because since that on the sideline, you know, they they need that leadership from the older guys. So, you know, you got to stay composed and, you know, keep them locked in, you know, cheering on the defense, cheering on the offense, just who, who's ever on the field and letting them know that, you know, you don't want to depend on anyone else to make a play. Like, if you could go out there and make a play, you know, be that spark to help the team. So that was kind of the energy on the sideline, you know, keeping – keeping everyone locked in and tuned in and just knowing that we were just one play away from getting back into that ball game.
2: Well, then that play, well, at least one of the primary plays, happens when you have the ball bounce around off your face mask, you secure it, and boom, you're gone. So just take us through the kick return. That was certainly, in my mind, the key play in the game, the spark that, that the Grizzlies needed. About how to it play out for you? I mean, what did you see in front of you? And then just take us through that, that record-setting return.
4: Yeah, it was kind of amazing. We knew we, uh, we knew we were going to get a kick because of the penalty prior to that, so we knew we couldn't get. They knew we knew we couldn't uh, get it out. So uh, initially, they tried to kick it across field to Junior. So I'm sprinting over there, and we're we're talking. You know, it's loud in the stadium, but uh, I let him know that I'm going to field the ball. But you know, I'm trying to look downfield at the same time while catching it, and the ball just just smokes me off my helmet. So I'm like scrambling, looking for the ball. June almost comes back there like trying to grab it to help me because he doesn't know how fast or how long it's going to take me to pick up this ball. So once I actually filled it, luckily enough, you know, the guys do a great job up front that, you know, they stayed on their blocks long enough. There are some key blocks out there that really helped me once I, once I got rolling. And then once I saw the seam, you know, just let, let the feet do the work, you know, the guys are going to stay on their blocks for as long as possible. And I got to do my job to, you know, win these guys them to the outside of my feet and my feet, and I managed to do that. And it was, it was a great feeling getting
2: into the end zone and, the stadium was insane. It certainly was insane, and I, I gave credit to, to all the Grizz fans because when I first got there, you see, you see a lot of empty seats there, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and all the different factors involved. But they brought it, and I thought that your kick return really ignited them, and then all of a sudden. It's like Bedlam in there, and you guys really rode the momentum. So, I mean, how much does the crowd uh, Saturday and every time you play at Washington Grizzly Stadium influence you guys? How come you guys were able to ride that momentum like you are at home?
4: Yeah, you know, uh, home field advantage is a great thing, especially when you're playing in front of Walgreens. We got some of the greatest fans out there. You know, it was a little thin, but once uh, that play did happen, you would have thought it it was a full stadium out there. It was loud. The fans were on their feet and they were getting involved in it, you know, it made it difficult on the other team, which was nice. So, you know, uh, just playing in that stadium week in and week out, you could just feel the fire and hear the passion through the fans every second of being out there. So whether it wasn't as many that this week, you know, it still felt like it was a full stadium, you know, just happy each and every time we get to go out there and play in front of them, honestly.
2: Malik Flowers, a senior for the Grizz football team here on Nuanas. Now it's our Grizz Star of the Week. It's presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. If you're getting geared up for winter, you want to get all set for ski season, go check out Bob Ward's. It's behind Southgate Mall there on Paxson. You can also shop anytime online, bobwards.com. You are, have been such a great kick returner, Malik, during your career uh, for the Montana Grizzlies, and part of that is just your your pure talent, your excellent speed. I know part of it's practice, and part of it is the scheme, and Coach Alk, has been so good for so long at uh, scheming up kick and punt returns. So, I mean, just take us through. I mean, what does it take to return a kick, and how much of it is just the scheme and preparation that you guys put in in a given week?
4: Yeah, Coach Houck is very special when it comes to just coaching, but that special team is something different as well, you know. The schemes do play a big part because, you know, it's not just me out there. You know, you got 10 other guys uh, trying to complete a task, whether that's, getting a good field position, or in some cases, scoring. So, the scheme does play a big part in it, and uh, practice, you know, we 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 take a good time, take a good deal of time at practice to go over each level, uh, go over each and every look, how it's going to hit, if things would go wrong, if we were getting pop-over kicks, onside kicks. You know, we just work in every scenario to so where we get into the game, we're so comfortable with it, and we're prepared for anything they throw at us. So, it's definitely the scheme, but Practicing and uh, going over each and every scenario before we get into the game helps a lot as well
2: and you are you also have a role in the offense, but your role is especially elevated on Saturday, so just take us through that matchup what, what were you able to find on the outside because you had a great game catching the ball actually a season high for a Grizz receiver so far this year uh, in that game it looked like you were finding some man coverage and beating them on the outside but just take us through what were you seeing how were you able to get open
4: uh, you know, uh, we are just kind of taking what they were giving us. They were playing a little soft coverage to the outside. And in and, and press, we felt like I could get off of some of those guys. So, you know, just taking what they were giving us, you know, uh, and picking up Yak when I could, you know, uh, taking advantage of the soft coverage, finding the holes, you know, uh, and just working into those. And, you know, Lucas did a great job of getting me the ball. The line did a great job of holding up. So just, you know, taking advantage of what they were giving us and, you know, just executing when the ball came my way, when I got an opportunity to go out there and make something happen for the team.
2: Malik Flowers here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Last couple things for you, Malik. Um, I know it's only Tuesday as we talk here. Uh, so early in the preparation for North Dakota State, but um, they have a, a pretty consistent <laughs> formula over there in Fargo. For how they win football games, what have you thought so far? Just in your preparation for the Bison, and uh, you know, how, what does it look like when you turn on the film?
4: Uh, you know, you know they're a good they're a good team. They do a lot, a lot of good things, and they do them well. You know, they're really sound in the way they do things, and it's kind of like us. You know, uh, they stick to their game plan. What they do, they do it very well. Whether they're basic in some parts or whatnot, they just do it at a very high level. So. It's just uh, going out there and executing. That's that's what it's going to come down to. you got two really good teams going against each other, so it's going to come down to who's more sound,
2: who makes the least amount of mistakes, and who goes out there and executes at the highest level come Saturday. Well, last thing for you then, a huge opportunity for you guys, uh, but also North Dakota State has been the gold standard. I mean, they have been the national champs pretty much every year for a decade straight. So how do you not let that intimidate you? How do you go in there with a confident mindset and embrace this opportunity you guys have on Saturday in Fargo? Mm, honestly, just
4: it's another team. That's how that's how we think about it. You know, the prep doesn't change no matter who we're going against. Uh, you know, Coach How did say they're the gold standard of football, and that's a great compliment to them, but we're a great team as well, and uh, we're going to go out there and show that Saturday, so... We're just going to go out there, execute, play our game of football and, you know, execute at a high level and play our, our brand of football.
2: These Grizz aren't scared of anybody. You heard it here. Malik Flowers, record setting kicker returner for the university of Montana. Congratulations on uh, all the accolades so far, my man. And, uh, best of luck in Fargo on Saturday. Thanks for being here.
4: Thank you. I really appreciate
2: it. There you go. Malik Flowers. Good dude right there, man. Grizz got a lot of good guys and, uh, you know, when, when they were down 17-3 at halftime and they were down 24-3 to uh, early in the third quarter, that's all I could help. I couldn't help but think that the group of seniors that have been around at Montana for a really long time, fifth- and sixth-year guys like Flowers and Patrick O'Connell and Marcus Wellnell, Robbie Houck, these guys have, have been through a lot when it comes to the ebbs and flows of Grizz football. I mean, some of the sixth-year guys came to play for Bob Stitt and then ended up playing for Bobby Houck and had a canceled season and a rescheduled season and everything in between. There's also just the massive pressure that comes from playing with the Grizz and uh, trying to reascend to the place that that most of the fan base thinks that Montana rightfully belongs. And regardless if it's rightful or not, it certainly is – a fan base with some of the highest and and some would say even most unrealistic expectations. But you know we're among that in terms of our high expectations for Montana football. And so I couldn't help but think that those guys, those older guys, they were not going to just roll over and die. They were not going to go out without a fight. And they hadn't fought that much to that point, but you could just tell how much momentum plays a factor in football, but also, for this Grizz football team. And when Flowers secured that ball and then beat everybody to the end zone, you thought, wow. And then when it's just started rolling and rolling and rolling, and Junior Bergen gets a touchdown on a punt return, and then Keelan White catches a touchdown in the corner of the end zone, and then Cole Grossman scores, and boom, Montana scores 21 points in four minutes, and they score 31 unanswered points. Uh, over the last 20-plus minutes of that football game, and they went going away, 34-24 over Southeast Missouri State. Uh, Impressive, impressive performance uh, by the Grizzlies, but also a testament to those guys because it was those guys that if they wouldn't have stepped up, it would have been their last football games, certainly last football games for the Grizz, and in many cases, their last football games, period, and you could tell. Patrick O'Connell did not want to go out without a fight. Lucas Johnson did not want to go out without a fight. Malik Flowers did not want to go out without a fight. Marcus Wellnell did not want to go out without a fight. Eli Alford did not want to go out without a fight. So, uh, Robbie Hauk, particularly, I thought he played his best game of the season, honestly, uh, against Southeastern Missouri. So, uh, certainly, uh, a credit to those guys because that's what that's what sports is all about. It's what football is all about when you can see the end coming near. Push the end down the road at least one more week, and that's what Montana did last week. So we'll see. I know that they are fighting an uphill battle. They are facing the juggernaut of all of college football in the modern era when they go to Fargo on Saturday. But uh, as you just heard there from Malik Flowers, I think that the one thing the Grizz got going for them, I think they got a couple things going for them in this game, but I think that the the number one factor other than their their uh, matchups on the perimeter that I think they could exploit, Flowers being one of them. That's the, the systematic X's and O's that they got. The number one thing I got, the, I think they got going for them going to Fargo is they're not scared. They're not scared of anybody. I think it's been, you know, your greatest strengths, your greatest weakness, right? That's a theme of this show. We always talk about that. But I think that sometimes Montana's take-no-prisoners brash attitude has been a detriment to this team, but I think it's nothing but an advantage as you go to the Fargo Dome uh, this upcoming Saturday. So, can they alter this? Can they can they put a run together? We shall see. That was our Grizz Star of the Week, Malik Flowers, senior wide receiver for the Grizz football team here on Nuwad is Now it's presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors has all sorts of great winter gear on sale right now. Go check out their headquarters there on Paxson, right behind Southgate Mall in Missoula, or Visit online, BobWards.com. Get you set up for the rest of the week here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here at ESPN Radio.
0: Tuesday. is Now on ESPN Radio.
2: Ooh, little Steve Vai. Yeah. Tommy Evans here on Nuanas Now. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us here on your Tuesday. Missed anything in the show? I'll just let you read the metadata rather than wasting Tommy's time. The metadata. A, uh, a great jam packed show. We talked all the way around the world of sports soccer, football, basketball, everything in between. Heard from Malik Flowers, our grid star of the week. It's all on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. What's up, dude? I haven't seen you in a little while. It's been a while. I'm glad you made it out of the woods on your Thanksgiving weekend adventures. Oh, yeah, me too. It's just always something, man. This you is uh, this is how we roll. That's why I love uh, working with Tommy, because we're both the type of guys that uh, takes days off on holidays so that we can go work on other stuff.
1: Well, I was so, bu- I'm just so busy all the time, but I was so squirrely the oh, yeah. week of, last week. I had no idea that we had Friday off.
2: I, know you I had no clue. You didn't even know that Thursday was Thanksgiving until I told you on Wednesday. Uh, that's, that is in fact true. <laughs> I had no clue, man. So I like
1: scheduled to have an engineer come over from Butte to take me up to the mountain to do this whole thing to work on the tower. And I'm like, well, I guess we're working on Friday. Then, we, then we broke down at the top, flames and smoke rolling <laughs> out of the truck. I'm going, we're going to have to walk down. And it is for reason cold, but uh, we made it out.
2: We thankfully made it out. Well, Tommy's the guy who turns the radio machine on and off around here. He also hosts the evenings over on the trail. And on Tuesdays, he always hosts the new show. So right after this show gets done, to switch it one notch up the dial, 103.3, the trail, Montana's Quality Rock. Yeah, You can find Tommy's new show from 6 to 7 every Tuesday. Uh, What's going on on the new show today?
1: We're going to play some more Steve Vai. I had a really cool conversation with him last Saturday. Nice. And uh, he's really into beekeeping did you know this about Steve Vai? I did not know He's this. He's like this huge rocker, right? But you know what this guy's doing in his free time? He's hanging out with a big horde of
2: bees. Well, this might sound crazy, but I would actually say that uh, cultivating and maintaining bees might be among the most important work you can do in the world. That's what I learned on Saturday. I completely agree with you. So the s- bees going extinct? People don't think they're like, see, like my girlfriend's always yelling at me, like, kill the spider, Mine kill too. the bugs. And Mine I'm too. like, no. Yeah, certainly do not kill the bees. Okay, everything's
1: out the window. Kill every spider. No, no, oh, no, no, no. Stomp the spider. Shoot the it spider. with a shotgun.
2: <laughs> the spider will kill all the other w- creepy crawlies. Regardless, keep the bees alive, man. The bees are essential. That's cool that Steve I is doing that. Yeah, it's pretty.
1: I'm so thrown off that you suggested you don't kill the spider. I don't know what. Well, I don't know what I can even hey, say. Anyway.
2: You know what can I say? I'm. A, I, I'm. A, I'm a man of many different. Uh, Religious influences. Okay. Karma and reincarnation is very real. Yeah. All right. Well, spiders are not a part of the karmaic <laughs> value that we uh, give you each other. You can't kill something that's outside of the food chain. I digress. Okay. So so we're going to talk gonna,
1: by. We got some songs about bees. We've got some songs by Steve Vai, and because this is how I spend my life, Coulter, I created a total power output calculation, calculating nice. the new efficiency of the new transmitter that we Let's installed go. after being in an exploding car on Friday. <laughs> and it, 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 what it brought me around to is my love of math rock. There you go. And there's a okay. really cool okay. band called Elephant Jim that does math rock. Okay. So we're gonna do a little math rock, a little B Love, and a little Steve Vai rock session on the new show tonight.
2: Well, very good. I uh, I found a. Couple couple new trail artists for you well actually I, I i was introduced to an artist richard thompson oh yeah who, uh, who i'm now like obsessed with yeah I mean, mr thompson's th- the man I mean, this guy has got the weirdest voice he is like <laughs> the sweetest guitar player i mean i'm yeah, like sitting here awesome. thinking it's like is this guy freaking eric clapton like he's a sweet <laughs> guitar player and, and then that led me to finding out about John Hyatt, who I'm yeah. really digging oh, cool. on lately. So nice. uh, thank you to inter- for introducing me, you and nice. Robert and Mike yeah. and the guys over the trail. I always learning new stuff.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate you listening in. And I don't know if you caught it, but I gave you a little love last night. In fact, I gave you a plead. And if anyone's listening now that perhaps will <laughs> listen to the trail, you may have caught this. I played a Dave Matthews song. Let's Jeff go. in the back, he was telling me I had to listen to Dave Matthews for you. And I said, Coulter, this is my public Song for you, nice. Please do not threaten me for at least a thirty-day period of <laughs> what, time. What was the song? Uh, uh, crazy. Oh
2: Something yeah, yeah, crazy. oh yeah, crash, dude. Yeah,
1: crash.
2: That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's one of the greatest songs ever written. Not well, a bad song. It's a great song, man. Yeah. Especially in the various states of mind. We'll just leave it at that, Tommy. Yeah. Well, any you. state of mind that you're in that you think you don't need to kill a spider is a bad <laughs> state of mind. All right. The new show, 6-7 on 103.3 The Trail, Montana's Quality Rock. change the dial up there uh, right after this. Thanks for tuning in to Nuana's Now. We'll be joined tomorrow by Sam Herter of Hero Sports, Trayton Pickering of the Montana State Bobcats, Grizz legendary wide receiver Jabal Jones, plus Weaver State head coach Jay Hill. We'll see you at 4 p.m. In the meantime, have yourself a wonderful Tuesday evening and be good. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delanz of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know, if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury, accidents, things like that?